Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of Who Cares What's the Point, the podcast about the mind for people who think. My name is Saab Johal, your host and producer of the podcast, and you can follow the show on Twitter at WCWTP or go to whocareswhatsthepoint.com for more details about the show. You can find us on iTunes uh, or Stitcher, and you can also follow me at Saab on Twitter too. Now, in this second show of season one, I talk with Associate Professor Claire Vallotton at Michigan State University. In this conversation, we talk about the effects of father's parenting stress on children's language and cognitive development, which is unusual in a few ways. Firstly, because we know quite a bit about mother's parenting stress, but less so about father's. And we know quite a lot about the effects of fathering on behavioural outcomes, normally negative behavioural outcomes, but less about language and cognitive development outcomes. So I started off by asking Claire about what inspired her to look at fathering from this particular angle. Right. Well, I've done a lot of research on parenting for uh, many years, and most of it is focused on moms. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is our societal assumptions that uh, moms are primary caregivers and therefore their um, interactions with children and their parenting um, matters the most. And, you know, there's there's a lot of science. So the science of parenting is really built on the science of, of mom's parenting. Um, and then it's also, as a researcher, it's a lot easier to get moms into a study than it is dads. Um, part of that is just who you can find at a school or a child care center dropping their kids off, um, you know, who responds to our invitations and, and at, um, ads. And, and also, even when dads are the ones you come in contact with at a school or a child care center, they'll often say, oh, I have to ask my wife first. Um, so it's just, it's oftentimes just easier to get moms into studies, but that it really ignores um, the potential contributions of dads and, and means that we have a, a big gap. Um, with understanding fatherhood and, and father's parenting, uh, especially, um, especially, especially when it comes to parent-child interactions. Um, so, like I said, I've done research on parenting for years and, and largely focused on moms for this, those, same, those same reasons, some assumptions and some uh, just uh, it's who we could get. Um, but then we really started looking at... Um, at wanting to get a whole picture. We've got a whole, you know, a whole family system here. Let's get a bigger picture of what um, what influences children's development and wanting to look into uh, dads, their influences on on children's development and um, and what it is about dad's parenting that might be similar or different from mom's. You're talking about access and interest and getting access to fathers interested in this. The other thing you were talking about in this paper was really focusing on the cognitive and language aspects of that relationship, because I think that a lot of the previous research that has been done with this, with these fathers, has been focused on behavioural difficulties. So what led you down the road of looking at cognitive and language development? Well, part of it is really not wanting to take a deficit model. That previous research you mentioned, so much of it is focused on what happens when dad's not there. Um, and really fatherhood is looked at really is this simplistic matter of presence or absence or how much time does dad spend? We wanted something that looked more at the quality and to recognize that um, dads are going to have an influence on things other than behavior. 
um, and and sort of that that social domain. Um, we we didn't know what to expect though because of that. So there's there's literature showing some stuff about dads and and um, you know influencing kids' behavioral development. Um, but we we went in with with fewer expectations uh, with respect to the influences they might have on their cognitive and language skills, just kind of not knowing, you know, is it going to be similar or different from moms, um, and uh, how is that going to, you know, how is that going to to play out? Um, we also didn't know uh, whether dads would have similar effects on their boys and girls. Um, there's a little bit of literature showing that moms. Um, mom's parenting has a bigger effect on boys, um, and that boys are more vulnerable, uh, to environmental influences of many, uh, many kinds, um, including the social environment, their, their parents and parenting interactions. Um, so we suspected maybe dads would have a bigger influence on their boys than on their girls. Um, not so much because it's the same gender, but because boys are often more influenceable, um, than girls are in early development. So, um, we just kind of, we, we were, we, we weren't quite sure what we would see when, when we, um, when we started studying, but wanted a bigger picture and something to show, um, the real influence across different domains that dads could have on their children. Um, and most of my studies, uh, are on early childhood. It's a time of super rapid development in across domains. Um, so we wanted something also that would focus on early development and, um, there's such critical things going on there with cognition, language, and social and emotional skills, all of those. So you have a track record in looking in this and working in this field. And what I'm hearing from you is that you are looking to take a little bit of a different stance or posture uh, on away from this deficits model and thinking about what fathers actually contribute positively to this relationship and this development pathway. So are you also saying that the literature gave a little bit of guidance, but you weren't really sure what you're going to find, I wonder? So tell me, what was it uh, like doing this research, looking at this question, which hadn't been looked at in any great kind of detail before? We, we had to ask ourselves, I think one of, the, one of the things we had to figure out as we were approaching this is, is it, is it fair, is it right to, um, to, to look at fathers the way the same ways we look at mothers so so the field has a history of not looking at fathers in the same way like i mentioned just kind of presence absence this deficit model but when we wanted to look at the things that might influence dad's parenting and ultimately their children's development we had to ask is it going to be the same things is it can we use the same surveys can we use the same paradigms to look at dad's parenting as we do when we look at mom's parenting um, so we were trying to figure this out, and we, we um, debated using a, a number of different types of measures. Um, the, the data set that we used, and we, we used um, an existing da- data set that we have, um, uh, that we have access to and um, where we, we know the people who designed the original study um, and collected the data, but um, there was many ways we could have approached it. We could have, um, we could have said, well, you know, Let's just look at see what what aspects of fathering, um, you know, makes a difference and and kind of just done something from the ground up. And we ultimately we decided we would look at something that has been established uh, influence of mothers. So which we found uh, the the fathers, the parenting stress index. Um, It was a 
a measure created for mothers. And if you look at the questions, you know, you can maybe debate whether they're, you know, how, to what degree they were really focused on moms. It doesn't doesn't refer to moms specifically, um, but it was a measure created for moms. And so we were asking ourselves, is it is this really legitimate to to ask fathers these uh, same questions and to use the same survey that we do with moms um, to measure dad's parenting stress and their influences on kids. Um, and ultimately we decided it was a good place to start. Maybe there would be a better way to do it, but it was a, a good place to start. And that if we found that the same things matter for dads as they do for moms, then um, at least that was, uh, we could at least then legitimately compare it to moms and um, then go from there. So I think right now there's a, there's a continuing debate around um, how to adequately capture um, the important aspects of fathers and fathering. Um, and so we went with this sort of more traditional route, do, you know, use the same measure that we use with moms. Um, but there's probably other routes we could have taken. So that parenting stress inventory, when was that developed? That was, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know for sure. I know it's it's been around for quite a while and it hasn't changed, uh, it hasn't changed much. Um, I imagine overall it could probably use a little updating, but it's very widely used, um, at least in research on moms and starting to be more used on research on dads too. Um, so I think it's at least three decades old. Um, so we would expect that the language needs a little updating and probably some of the items too. Um, but if, if you, if you read the items carefully, they, um, they are seem, things that seem to be more to, to stand the test of time. Um, about the kinds of things you enjoy about parenting, as well as the ways that it can be stressful, and the things that might be particularly stressful about about your particular child. Yeah, it would be interesting, wouldn't it, to see how applicable that was across time, and also how parenting roles have changed quite a lot, and expectations of fathers and mothers, and expectations of sharing work and sharing parenting, how all of that has changed. And how the stresses of what may not have changed as well, but may be distributed differently across these different parents. So briefly, can you summarize your findings on how parenting stress of fathers is linked to the cognitive and language development and how the child's gender plays into this? Yeah, so... Um, we we approach those um, those two questions about the the child's language and the child's gender with, with the same sorry the child's language and the child's cognitive development um, with the same basic approach um, but we answered them as separate questions um, and what we did is we we wanted to make sure that we are accounting for the effects of moms in there because um, of course uh, these children have two parents they have moms and dads and we know that moms and dads' um, stresses and lives are very associated with one another. Um, so we wanted to uh, control for the effect of, of mom's stress and also both parents' um, sort of demographic risk factors, um, income, and, and family stressors. Um, and we, we accounted for both of those things in the model so that we could really just uh, tease apart the effects the dad's stresses might play um, on their children's development. So with cognition, we look to see um, if dad's stresses when children were two were going to have an effect on children's cognitive development and skills when they were three years old, when you account for um, mom stress, family risks, and children's development uh, of cognition at two years. So we're really looking at dad's effects on change, on growth and development from two to three years old in children's cognitive skills. 
And we looked to see whether there was the same effects for boys and girls, and there were. So dads with higher stress when their kids uh, were two had children with lower cognitive skills at three years old and vice versa. Dads had lower parenting stress, which means things are going more smoothly in their relationship with their spouse and with their child, um, and they're feeling um, good about their role as a father, then their children's cognitive development was higher at age three. When we go to language skills, um, we ran the same analyses and we found similar results with dads affecting um, dad's stress at two years old affecting the three-year-old outcomes, um, but here we found the gender difference, so that dad's effects were bigger on boys than they were on girls. And, um, yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So that's really interesting. You found that the effect of the father's stress has over and above the impact of the mother's stress as related to parenting, that there is no difference upon cognitive development, but there was a language development a year later, according to whether the child was a boy or a girl. So why is this important? How does this change our understanding of father's stress and the relationship to their child's development in that critical two to three year old period? Well, it really it really adds to the, the small, small but growing evidence that um, the dads are are really important, not just that they're there or not there, and not just that they're providing resources for the family or a positive environment in the household, but their relationships with their children are really important. Um, they're, you know, the, the degree to which they can focus on their kids, that their stress is not getting so much in the way that, of their interactions, but that they can really be present um, and enjoy their children. Um, and this uh, and, and the role of parenting, it um, matters for kids' development. Um, and I think we knew that about moms. We didn't know that about dads. We didn't know that that sort of the way that dads feel about their parenting that's related to this parenting stress index really does um, affect uh, their children's development. And like it's very likely that that has some more um, proximal influences, for example, in the specific ways dads interact with their kids or the amount of time they spend with them. Um, those are all things that we could pursue in the future. But for now, we know that how dads feel about their parenting and about their relationships with their kids is critical for kids' development. I think that's the that's the the new thing in the broadest sense, I guess. Um, what's also new is the language piece, um, we, uh, the gender differences in language. Um, you know, it's 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 a stu it's a finding we probably want to replicate in other studies to uh, and to really dig into and see what it's about. Um, but it might point to some different ways that dads interact with their boys um, than they do with their girls, and we'd really like to find that out. Um, but for now, we know that you know boys are more influenceable in, in their language development um, as well as social emotional um, in an early age, and therefore dads have potentially a bigger influence. Can you talk a little bit about the implication of that difference between boys and girls and the explanation for that? Say perhaps how boys and girls uh, may show different facets of language skills according to how they're assessed possibly. Right. So let's talk about the the difference between the uh, between boys and girls first, and the in the in the implications next. So um, very early in development, um, girls tend to be a little bit ahead of boys, just on average. Um, 
and across different domains. It includes definitely the social and emotional domain as well as the language and communication domain. A little bit in cognitive, but it really shows up more in the social and communication. So very early on, especially in toddlerhood when this study was done, girls are showing just on average an advantage over boys. And those, but those skills that girls have a little earlier really causes them to interact with adults and other children in different ways than boys. So they um, can engage more. They can express their ideas a little bit more clearly. Um, it's really what explains a lot of the, of the gender difference in self-regulation and behavior problems at an early age um, is, is girls' advanced communication skills. So um, you basically got... Uh, already you, you have a difference there with uh, between boys and girls. And so when you add in here, now we've got parents interacting with children, um, in, but the children are, are a little bit different themselves. Um, it may be that uh, girls' language is already um, advanced at this, at this young age beyond the point of being um, more influenced. Um, so it could be that boys, uh, just by having a little bit, few months slower language development, they're just more open to influence at this age um, by their dads or anyone else um, than the girls are. Or it could say something more about what the boys need in terms of, um, their, of, of stimulation for their language. That would be something we would have to investigate to find out what, what it might be. Um, Boys and girls are also different in their social skills and that comes out in differences in their communication. So um, by toddlerhood, girls are already eliciting more social interaction um, and a little bit uh, more aware of what's going on socially around them. And so that, too, could explain um, a little bit of this, a little bit of the dif difference where the girls might be buffered a little bit already. So that's interesting. The theory that boys are not yet beyond that critical development period, whereas girls perhaps are less influenceable because they uh, have gone beyond that period and perhaps a little bit further. So, Claire, what do you think the future implications are for this work? Who, sh who should care about this research? Well, first, I think parents. Um I think both moms and dads should care to know that the dads are really important and that the time they spend with their kids and the quality of the time that they spend with their young children is important. Um, I've often heard dads say, well, you know, I'll spend more time or I'll get more involved when, um, you know, when my kid can talk, when my kid can uh, play with me outside or even worse for dads who are not living with uh, with their children, you know, when the child's 18, we can have a relationship. But dads matter really early, and they matter a lot. And so I think parents should care, and and moms should encourage dads to um, be engaged with their kids, um, and rather than acting as gatekeepers potentially. Um, and next, I think uh, interventionists should care. So when you're thinking about designing a, a way to support young children's development more holistically, um, it, they should reach out and make sure that dads know they're important and that they engage dads intentionally and specifically in addition to moms. Yes, because often it can be thought that dads matter in terms of getting access to material resource, but also in terms that dads can not exactly absent themselves, but perhaps think along the lines of, well, mum's there, they can take care of all of that language stuff and I'll get involved when the child is older. But what you seem to be telling us is that there is an influence starting at a very early age here, that it happens over, sorry, it happens the other way around too, uh, that the fathers, when the fathers are happy, 
uh, and experience less stress and they can have more positive interactions that also seem to have an impact upon development too. Absolutely. That has a really positive impact on kids' development. So it's, you know, it's I, even the most caring dads, you know, they're, they're asking themselves, how can I best support my child? And the answer that society gives them is often, well, go earn more money or make sure that you have a good relationship with your spouse. And both of those things are really good uh, for kids. But uh, we shouldn't minimize that dads have a direct influence on their kids' development and can be really positive in that way, too. I would say um, that dads need support to be the best dads they can. You know, a lot of resources and uh, intervention programs are are geared towards uh, supporting moms um, to be great parents. And I think dads uh, need support as well. So I think they should have access to the kinds of parenting supports that are available um, for. So parenting support should be available to to both moms and dads. Um, And we can't expect Uh, either moms or dads, to be able to figure it out on their own. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this second show in the first season of Who Cares What's the Point? You can find the abstract and link to the paper we discussed with Claire in the show notes to this podcast, or if you come to the website. Don't forget, you can also follow the show on Twitter at WCWTP or me, your host and producer, Saab Johal, at Saab. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's show. Please do send feedback through any channel. It's great to hear from you. You can send me email at contact at whocareswhatsthepoint.com. So, see you next week on... Who Cares What's The Point?